worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research, and of course, your daily updates on everything else that's going on in this wild, wild world right now. I've uh, been researching, doing stuff, got on real early this morning, and been looking at a lot of different things, and so we got an interesting show for you today, so you guys better get ready. And the first thing that I wanted to kind of touch base on is, Dad brought this topic up yesterday. I wanted to reiterate this and then tie it in to what else we've been seeing right now. He said the fact that Merck, Merckco, basically the giant multi-billion dollar pharmaceutical company who had been working on the two COVID vaccines, you guys listened to the show yesterday, after extensive research was concluded, they dropped both of their COVID vaccines they were working on, dropped them, discontinued them. And they said blatantly that the shots offered less protection than just contracting the virus itself and developing antibodies is essentially what they said. The company announced that the shots V590 and V591 were well tolerated by patients. However, they generated an inferior immune system response in comparison with natural infection. The company instead focusing on therapeutic drugs to protect patients from the damage of an overactive immune system to the virus. Now, he brought it up yesterday, and I want to kind of expand on this a little bit here. There's a couple reasons, in my opinion, why Merck is going out now and doing this. A, I think they're starting to realize that the backlash that Pfizer and Moderna are starting to get is unprecedented from people that are awake, especially in the alternative radio community, and a lot of physicians, nurses, and doctors all across the country. And so what we're starting to see here now is the same thing we've been saying before. Our bodies were naturally designed to handle viruses. On average, they say we're exposed to anywhere between 40 to 60 viruses every single day. Now, a majority of people don't even know they're exposed to a certain virus. You may walk into something that's floating around. You may touch something and scratch your eye. You may breathe it in. It's, it's a dirty world out there sometimes. It really is. And so we have this amazing immune system, and if you take care of your body and you eat clean and you exercise and you take supplements, it's a fact that you will stay in better shape. Now, it's interesting. There's this concept of personal responsibility has been completely and totally dissolved now in this COVID pandemic, if you want to call it that, more like a plandemic. And this is the big issue that I've had with arguments with a lot of people, including issues that I've seen on social media and emails that I've gotten from certain people. At no point in time in the United States is it somebody else's responsibility to keep you healthy. We should make that abundantly clear. It is not somebody else's responsibility to make you take vitamins. It is not somebody else's responsibility to make you go to bed early and not stay up all night. It is not somebody else's responsibility to keep you from eating fast food and drinking alcohol every night and smoking a case of cigarettes a day. It's nobody's responsibility. We all have free will. If you decide to do those actions, it is completely okay as far as from a perspective of free will. I, I don't care. Dad doesn't care. Nobody else cares. If you, if you want to engage in that behavior, that's completely fine. Just understand that there's always consequences to actions. For perfect example, you can say, I don't believe that physics apply to me. I'm going to walk out on the interstate in front of a Greyhound bus at 60 miles an hour, and because physics doesn't apply to me, the bus is never going to hurt me when it hits me. 
Now, the problem is you're probably going to be in for a very, very rude awakening if you actually make it out alive of that. And if you don't die, you're going to wake up and go, what in the world happened? In heaven, probably. <laughs> but this is the concept that people have basically got to understand. Now, this is the concept that has eluded the entire populace. Not the entire populace, I should say. A large percentage of the populace. It is nobody's responsibility to keep you healthy. It is your own responsibility to take care of yourself and your family. Many customers and many listeners have now been contacting us over the last couple of weeks that are in the medical community and saying that they're seeing an unprecedented surge of COVID cases now, literally as soon as the COVID injection device came out. I had another customer call in and talk to Steve. I just spoke to him a few minutes ago before I started on the show. And she is a CPN. And she has been doing it for I think eight or nine years she said she has basically been a customer of ours since March 2020 she heard the show and she basically got on the viral protection killer we talked about the C the D and the, the zinc and she said as of right now she has been directly exposed in close contact to five individuals who ended up having COVID and basically tested and she found out after she was grossly exposed to them in the hospital and she said she's been hammering the dose four to six thousand milligrams of vitamin c the high dose of vitamin d the zinc and she said she has yet to get sick one time now it's not always the case absolutely not i'm not making any claims on that but what i'm saying is god has given us nutrients in this world that can massively help increase our body's immune system and protect us significantly i had a very detailed phone call and dad was on the phone with it yesterday while i was in the vehicle you know, a good friend of mine called me, basically is out of Missouri, and he is a uh, osteopathic physician, and he's basically been doing his uh, uh, rounds basically in a nursing home for the last couple months. And he was very troubled. He called me up and was very frustrated. He's been doing this for almost a decade. And he said what's troubling right now, he said about 300 of the nursing home uh, residents have been injected now with this COVID RNA injection. Roughly, he said he's been keeping a physical count of it so he can keep an eye on what's going on. He said within 48 hours of the injections total, they've had seven nursing home patients die. Four of those patients died less than 24 hours right after getting the vaccine. Now, he said here's the part that's really, really bothering him deep down inside. He said there is no ICD-10 code for vaccine death whatsoever. The ICD-10 code is basically the death code that they use for insurance reasons to track and basically record what happened. He said, now, you can pretty much – there's pretty much an ICD-10 code for just about anything. Snake bite, suicide, fall down the stairs. I mean, you, you can pretty much find anything. He said that there is zero code for vaccine death. He said, in fact, they have told them they are to monitor them for a 20-minute maximum directly after the COVID injection. If there are no adverse events within 20 minutes, meaning they don't go into full-blown shock and have to go basically into the ER, within 20 minutes, they, they write it off, they check the box, they have been inoculated. Now, anything that occurs after that 20 minutes is no longer recorded as any type of vaccine adverse event in the nursing home, period. He said every single one of the individuals that died right after the vaccine they put down is either cardiac event or diabetes or COPD. He said, now, of course, a lot of the individuals that basically died all had underlying health conditions. They're in a nursing home. He said, but the youngest individual was a 63-year-old female with COPD, and she died less than 24 hours after receiving the vaccine. And what he was so troubled about is he said, Austin, he goes, 
the biggest thing that bothers me, he said, is that future generations are going to have no idea what happened here. He said, it is being completely and totally covered up to the fullest extent to make sure there is no significant track record of these vaccine deaths. And he said, we have the VARS, V-A-E-R-S, I talked to you guys about yesterday, adverse events that people can put down and individuals can record and certain doctors can add on to. He said, but that is being grossly underestimated. I talked to you guys about the last show yesterday, just did a two-week span. There were over 4,000 adverse events and 181 deaths. A lot of those were individuals that basically recorded personal events after they got the vaccine, and then doctors extrapolated on it. So it's a very, very minute percentage of the population that is actually having their voice heard on what's happened after they have the injection. Now, are there some people that are getting the injection and there's no side effects? Absolutely. Some people are saying, I only get a sore shoulder. I'm not really. I'm just a little tired. Very few minor side effects. But here's the thing. If we know 300 individuals in this nursing home got injected and seven of them died, according to my friend here, who's basically got a very long track record. I've talked to him for a long time. And seven of them died. That's a 2.3% death rate. Do you understand what that means now? That means that the vaccine death rate in elderly individuals is higher than the vaccine, than basically COVID itself when you actually look at the total amount in aggregate here. This is a very troubling proposition to be exposed to, and I encourage everybody, make your own decisions. You have freedom of choice, as I told you at the beginning of the show, but please do your own research. I said that to an individual a couple weeks ago that I was exposed to, and they basically said that you know they were going to get the vaccine. They needed to get it, and I said, that's fine. I said, you get the vaccine. I said, but here's, here's a question I have for you. Just ponder this. Riddle me this, Okay. You survived 2020, right? You got the T-shirt says, I survived 2020, made it through, right? We all got the T-shirt now. And I said, you didn't die. You know, you probably were exposed to COVID, highly probable. And I said, now it's 2021. You have a vaccine that is not approved by the FDA, got emergency youth authorization only. It only had about two months of actual significant testing in a large-scale populace. The numbers were massively manipulated. You can look Moderna. Their 95% success rate, if you actually break it down, I've told you guys this weeks ago, are massively manipulated. They're more along the lines of like 29% effective at reducing symptoms. I said, so you have this incredibly strange RNA shot that has never been used on any human being in recorded history up until the end of last year. And you're telling me now that even after you survived last year, you're so scared of a virus that has a 99.8% survival rate, you're willing to take a shot, an RNA shot, that has no long-term testing whatsoever. And I said, why, why wouldn't you wait six months, eight months, 12 months, and wait and see what happens long-term effects with this vaccine? Oh, well, you know, I, I, I just want to get it and move on my life. I said, oh, you just want to get it and move on your life. So you're basically saying you want to go back to the new normal. You want to go back to the new normal. I said, okay. Well, here's the problem with that. I said, now they're saying, Qantas and numerous other airlines are saying, you can't even fly without getting a vaccine. And at that, you're still going to have to social distance. You're still going to have to wear a mask. You're still going to have to basically quarantine if you're exposed to anybody. I said, and they said the vaccine doesn't stop the spread. They said you can still spread COVID even after you get the vaccine. Well, if you have to get the vaccine to fly, but you can still spread the virus even after you get the COVID shot, why in the world do you need a COVID passport to prove you had a vaccine? Million-dollar question. Nobody's going to answer that. And I said, and now 
we have the bumbling buffoon in office has now stepped the goalpost even further out again, like they've done every month. And I've told you guys this. If somebody actually came to me with a legitimate stopping point and said, this is where we're going to take it to, this is how far we're going to run it, if we can't get under control by then, we're going to basically let herd immunity work its way out, the natural approach with the population. But they haven't done that. Now, the Bobo in chief has now came out now and said that we should expect to continue dealing with the pandemic into at least early fall. He said, I'm going to shut down the virus, but I never said I'd do it in two months. It's going to take a heck of a lot more time than that. So here we have, again, the goalpost being moved. Now, we're not done with it now. Now we got to wait till the fall. And guess what's happening in the fall? Guess what's going to happen in the fall? You can bet your bottom dollar silver eagle coin that you have in your piggy bank that by the time the fall hits, we're going to have a Another variant, another mutated strain with another vaccine that's being rolled out that you're going to have to be exposed to in order to try to go back to the new normal. And we'll have to wait and see what happens by 2020. It should be over by then. And the merry-go-round is never going to stop. This is what's happening right now. And until the American populace opens their eyes, speaks their mind, and stands their ground, nothing's going to change. That's why I've encouraged everybody, continue to do your own research and continue to talk about the truth instead of regurgitating the lies that are happening right now. What do you think, Dan? Well, you're absolutely right, Austin. In fact, yesterday's show, I've gotten more feedback from that show than I have in a show we've done in a while. I mean, you know, I spoke also to your to your osteopathic physician, which, by the way, I love osteopathic physicians. I personally think they're superior than medical doctors as far as in the medical profession. Now, all you MDs that are listening at me, they don't fuss at me, and here's why. The osteopathic physicians are also trained in chiropractic, and they have a whole lot bigger, broader, you know, background as far as health. And the MDs basically don't like anybody. I think the osteopathics are better. So I just thought I'd mention that to everybody. But the, but the reality is this. The show that I did yesterday, I talked about the cat and ferret studies with this RNA vaccine and how all the animals died because of a massive, massive septus after they were re-exposed to the disease such as COVID, which is a very broad category of different types of colds and flus, etc. Now, what's interesting about all of this stuff is that the Chinese vaccine and the Russian vaccine are not RNA vaccines that is typical, normally made. You put the antigen in, you create the antibodies, all the other things with the vaccines. And the reality is, is this. You know, we've got to ask ourselves a question. What's the underlying motive here? So yesterday I talked about antibody-dependent enhancement, ADE, and vaccine. That's what that whole term was about. And I'm gonna, I've, so I've posted a whole bunch of articles at Health Masters about this. Let me read you one of the articles that was written here from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. The immune responses to pathogens involve many cells and proteins of the immune system. During Early during an infection, these responses are nonspecific, meaning that although they are directed to the pathogen, they are not specific to it. This is called innate immunity. Within a few days, adaptive immunity takes over. This immunity is specific to the invading pathogen. Adaptive immune responses include antibodies. A major goal of antibodies is to bind to the pathogen and prevent it from infecting or entering a cell. Antibodies that prevent entry to cells are called neutralizing antibodies. Many vaccines by work by inducing neutralizing antibodies. However, not all antibody responses are created equal. Sometimes antibodies do not prevent cell entry and on rare occasions may actually increase the ability of the virus to enter cells and cause a worsening of the disease through a mechanism called antibody-dependent 
enhancement. This is what I talked about yesterday. ADE occurs when the antibodies generated during an immune response recognize and bind to the pathogen, but, it's a big word here, they're unable to prevent infection. Instead, these antibodies act as a Trojan horse, allowing the pathogen to get into cells and exacerbate the immune response. Whoa, there you go. So I've got about six of these articles posted which talk about what the RNA vaccine can do as far as allowing these antibodies to basically not work, act as Trojan horses, and basically cause a massive septus response in the body, causing death. Uh, there's another one that I also posted. It's called Antibody-Induced Enhancement in the Pipeline. I also posted how the COVID-19 vaccine can destroy your immune system. I put another one in there. Pfizer COVID vaccine trial shows alarming evidence of pathogenic priming in older adults and antibodies might also fuel coronavirus reinfection, says a puzzling theory. And I've got one more. Immune enhancement, the dark side of antibodies and inflammations for COVID-19 vaccine development. So you guys read through all of this. Send it to all your scientific friends and let them know that there are scientific literature, there is scientific literature available talking about what I talked about yesterday in depth. Okay. Now, I also want to cover one other thing. Well, two other things before I turn it back over to Austin. I've been deluged and deluged and deluged with this Simon Parks information. You know, he appeared on a major broadcast here recently and was talking about co uh, talking about Q and how Trump's still in power and the military's taken over. And this guy is basically pretty articulate, and he actually is a councilman over there in England. And he is giving us all of this information, and I keep getting all of these links to Simon Parks. Simon Parks this, Simon Parks that, Simon Parks is the man, Simon Parks is the king, Simon Parks says you're wrong, Simon Parks says on and on and on and on and on. Okay, so let's do some background on Simon Parks, okay? Simon Parks, this is from the Huffington Post. He's a British city councilman. He claims that he fathered a space alien named Zarka. Yeah, the guy's nuts. All right. Sex is out of this world for British City Council member Simon Parks. The 53-year-old politician who represents Whitby is raising eyebrows because of his belief that he fathered an extraterrestrial child named Zika with an alien he calls the Cat Queen. Okay, the Cat Queen, C-A-T Queen. Yes, he must like cats. His real mother, he says, is a nine... Simon Parks says his real mother is a nine-foot-tall green alien with eight fingers. Okay. All right. He reveals all of his otherworldly past in a new TV commentary, documentary, Confessions of an Alien Abductee. All right. If you want to believe somebody who believes that his mom's a nine-foot-tall, you know, alien, knock yourself out. Here's another one. UK politician, counselor, with Simon Parks, I had an alien sex romp. All right, there we go. How about this one? <laughs> Total, well, this is, well, I'm not going to post this one. It says basically he's totally and completely nuts, and you know he starts talking about alien abductions, et cetera, et cetera. And again, guys, don't get me wrong. I don't have a problem with the thing with aliens because we know that angels and demons and all these other things are out there. We got that. And they're not from around here, so you can call them extraterrestrial if you want. Here's another one. Whitby counselor Simon Parks claims he's abducted four times a year so that he can have sex with his alien wife, with whom he shares a child named Zarka. 
he experienced his first alien contact while he was still in the womb and his first physical encounter at the age of six months. He also lost his virginity to a space hologram when he was five. Apparently, the reason for the intergalactic, intergalactic interest in Parks is not his awe-inspiring comb-over in his hair, but the fact that he himself is part alien. His true mother is a 2.7-meter-tall reptilian who, you know, wait a minute. Okay, this is the guy that is making the rounds now as far as <laughs> alt media telling everybody that, Trump, that Donald Trump is still in charge. Okay, his mom's a nine foot tall green alien. Guys, I can't make this stuff up. I just had enough of it. And so I, you know, I don't usually grab a person like this and just single him out and slam him, but I'm done with this guy. All right? He's got, he's just a weirdo. And he's out there saying, oh, I've got all of this inside information. I talked to another guy yesterday, a, a medical doctor. But he's lost his license, actually. They, they yoked his license from him. But he's a medical doctor nonetheless. He graduated with an MD. And he's telling me, oh, no, Donald Trump's still in charge. He's still in charge. The military is running D.C. And he says, Ted, I've got inside information. I know what's going on. I have context that you have no idea. I have all of these patents. I've been in a deep underground military bases. And I'm going, oh, my God, he's lost it. You know, here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. Okay, if you're wrong, you're wrong, all right? If you missed it, you missed it. And we need to realize that, you know, we've got to take a look at what's growing, going on. And I talked about this yesterday from Charisma News, and I'm going to read part of it, okay? And guys, please don't send me uh, texts or whatever when I'm on the show live. Thank you so much. I just got another text that comes across my screen. All right. The President of the United States and all those who prophesied that Trump would serve a second consecutive term and assured us that he'd be inaugurated on January 20th. This is the article. I appeal to you in the strongest possible terms. Admit your error. Take full responsibility. And do not, under any circumstances, continue to put false hope into the hearts of God's people. What you prophesied did not come to pass. There is not an alternative spiritual reality in which Trump is still functioning as president. I mean, people are saying that he was basically you know, put in White House in heaven. Nothing is going to change in a month or a year. It's over. Even if there was a massive electoral fraud, the results of this election will not be overturned. Donald Trump will not serve a consecutive second term. Face to facts. He's a, be accountable before God and man up and take the hits that will be coming and humble yourself before the Lord and his people. This is not the time for excuses. This is not the time to concoct spiritual myths. And this is absolutely not the time to blame others. If you prophesied falsely, you and you alone are to blame. Maybe you did not intend to mislead. Maybe you were acting in sincerity and integrity, truly believing that the Lord had spoken to you. Maybe you were so grieved over what the radical left was doing that you prophesied what you desired. Maybe you sensed God's intent, namely that if Trump would repent of his pride and the church would repent of looking to him as a, in an idolatrous way, God would give him four more years. Maybe you got caught up in the power of the group. Maybe you prophesied what your people wanted to hear. Maybe you got caught up in a partisan political spirit. Maybe you looked at Trump as a political messiah. Or maybe you have fallen prey to demonic deception. Whatever the cause, you prophesied falsely, and now you need to own it. The last thing you should be doing is to feeling sorry for yourself and claim that you are being persecuted. Quite the contrary. The reality is that you have misled many. Now, there you go. So now that anybody who wasn't unbelievably angry at me that was pro-Trump, you can go ahead and have that one. I posted this. It's extremely well 
written. I've only read you a small portion of it. This is Charisma News. I've posted it again on our website, but I want you guys to see it and to understand that you guys need to own up on this. Hey, I missed it. Oh, well, life goes on. And not continue this stuff that medical doctors I talked to last night I mean, I mean, just absolutely would just just acted like he was completely and totally insane. I mean, loony, you know. And it was it was a far cry from the osteopathic physician that I spoke to yesterday that was absolutely brilliant. And then he said something to me. The osteopathic physician said something to me. He told me he says always talk about Jesus on your show. He says I've gotten you know recommitted my life to Christ, got right with God, got right with Jesus because of your show. And, you know, people, folks, friends, listeners, when he said that to me, it just made me just realize how important it was that we will call his name Jesus. For he is the Lamb of God. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Counselor. He is the Good Shepherd. He is the Savior. He is the Redeemer, the Deliverer, the Messiah, the Way. He is Lord God Almighty, Lord of all, resurrection and life. He is the King of kings and he is the Son of God. And without Jesus Christ living in your heart and you understanding that, none of this makes any sense at all. All that turns into this giant, giant mess that you can't figure out. And it's so confusing, which is being done because the Kabbalists have put a spell, mind-binding spell. It says it in the Bible that they cannot, the unbelievers cannot see and know the truth because Satan has blinded them. This is what's going on here all over the planet, and a lot of Christians have fallen underneath that same mind-binding spell because of all the sacrifice and because of the energy, the way they've done it, and because of what they've done to the planet. It's absolutely horrible what they've done, the mind-binding spell, and how people can't see the truth. Now, also, i got to cover one more thing. You know, Schumer, dual Israeli citizen Schumer, is absolutely bent on getting rid of the filibuster because they don't want Republicans blocking stuff because the majority now is being held by the Democrats. And McConnell is now caved in on preserving the filibuster after two Democrats signal no on eliminating. Senate Majeeder, Senate's GOP leader Mitch McConnell, Kentucky has relented on a key demand that Democrats preserve the filibuster after two Democrat senators, Joe Mason and Christine Sinera, have said they were against tossing out the policy. Now, Chucky Schumer is a dual Israeli citizen. I've got we got to understand that we have another government inside of our government. The dual Israeli citizens are all super, basically, liberals. And they really, really have a lot of values that we simply don't have here in the United States. And we have talked about this so many times about dual Israeli or dual anybody basically being in the United States and controlling our government. It's so, it's so interesting to me when you see it. Now, so you think, well, in addition to the approximately 60 dual Israeli citizens who are in Congress and who are in the Senate, let me give you some of Biden's picks. Janet Yellen, Israeli. Now, all these people, are, they're all, they're all, they all claim to be Israelis, whether they're dual Israeli citizens or not, I don't know. I haven't seen their, their passports. Secretary of Treasury, Janet Yellen, dual Israeli citizen. Attorney General, Merrick Garland, dual Israeli citizen. Secretary of Homeland Security, Alandro Mayorkas, Director of National Intelligence, Avril Haines, White House Chief of Staff, Ron 
McLean, Secretary of State, Anthony Bilkin, Deputy Secretary of State, Wendy Sherman, Secretary of State for Political Affairs, Victoria Newland, the Office of Science and Technology Policy, Eric Lander, Director of the CIA, David Cohen. Guys, I've got a problem with this. I don't care if they're Jews or Russians or Germans or Chinese or Japanese or green little alien Martians. I don't give a rat's. Mm -hmm. I don't think they should be involved in our political theater and being involved in making decisions for the United States of America because where is their loyalty? It's not okay. And now I understand why Benjamin Netanyahu, within like a nanosecond after the election was over with, was calling up you know, Biden saying, congratulations, Joe Biden, for the win. Hadn't yet, that ain't been proven yet. We were contesting it. Everybody was contesting the election. Congratulations, Joe. Like, I think it was 12 hours is what it was, something crazy. He was already calling and congratulating Biden. Well, now we understand why. Israel is through proxy going to pretty much run the United States of America. Well, sort of continue to do that anyhow. They already did it through Trump and continue to really, really do it through Biden. This is not okay, guys. This is not okay. And so I have a really, really strong friend of mine who's a, who's a Christian. He's also a really well-known TV personality here in Central Florida, all over the world. He's got a, he's got a national TV show, and he's also a hard, hard, hardcore Zionist. And what's funny about that, you know, I said to him today, I, I sent him that information about what was going on with the dual Israeli citizens. And I said to him, I said, it just doesn't seem right that they should be doing this. And his response is this. Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, returning soon, we will reign with him in our new heaven and our new earth. Praise the Lord every day. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem every day. Love you guys. Wait a minute. I, I, I got that. Jesus Christ was raised Jewish. I got that. I mean, we, we know that's true. Jesus Christ was a rabbi. We got that. He was raised Jewish. But the thing we have to ask ourselves, you know, who was Jesus' daddy? That's the question, isn't it? Jesus' daddy wasn't basically, you know, Joseph. You know, according to the word, it says that. Now, it was in that lineage with Mary because Joseph basically was in the lineage of David, and so it had to be that way for Scripture to be fulfilled. So who is Jesus? Let's read the first chapter of the book of Hebrews. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, this would be Jesus, whom he appointed heir of all things and through him, and through and through whom also he made the universe. Through Christ, the universe is made. And then it says in chapter verse three, the sun is the radiance of God's glory, God's glory, and the exact representation of His being. What does that mean? Well, it means He's exactly like God the Father, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. After He had provided purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the Majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he was inherited, superior to theirs. Now you guys can read that over again. So what it's saying is that God and Jesus Christ are the same. Well, that throws a whole quandary into a lot of things, doesn't it? Well, does that mean that God's a Jew? No, God's not a Jew. You know, God's the father of many nations. He's not Jewish. But, you know, these people who are 
these TV evangelicals like my friend, they want to take all of this stuff and they want to twist it back to the Schofield Bible references. A lot of people say this. This is You guys can figure this one out on your own. Was Mary's seed used for, for Jesus? In other words, did God basically come on Mary, as far as with the Holy Spirit, and take her egg and his sperm and create Jesus? A lot of, a lot of religions, a lot of faiths, a lot of different groups believe that. The Immaculate Conception, they believe that. A lot of people believe that God basically put himself in the form of an embryo into Mary which would make Jesus the exact representation of God because if Mary was if God if Jesus was half Mary that means that he would not be the exact representation of God unless it was divinely changed in utero so you guys deal with all that yourself that's something that's been contested for thousands and talked about for thousands of years but to me when it says that he is the exact representation of his being the, he's the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being well now that we understand DNA kind of says a lot of stuff about that doesn't it personally I believe that Jesus Christ is exactly what Hebrew says is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being that's as far as I'm willing to go on all of that stuff is saying I believe what the word says in Hebrew so you can make your own decisions as far as from a genetic standpoint so this whole alliance to Israel based upon Jesus basically being the Messiah, which he was, but now we're looking at Israel as the Israel of the Old Testament, which it's not. The Israel of the Old Testament had its own set of worms and a set of can of worms and everything else that it has to deal with as far as all the human sacrifice and all the horrible stuff they were involved in. And Jesus said to them, you have nullified the word of God for the sake of your traditions. You can look it up. I'll give you the scripture verse in a minute. When I come back after Austin takes over, I'll look it up. So he's telling them that because of their oral traditions, they nullified the Torah. What they did is they took those oral traditions and they wrote them down in the Talmud. Started in 72 AD with the Zohar and continued to write while they were in captivity. The Jesus Christ who was raised in the town of Bethlehem or born in Bethlehem and raised in that area, you know, thousands of years ago, was raised under a different type of Judaism than is today, because they were still doing the temple sacrifice, etc., etc. The new form of Judaism under the Babylonian Talmud doesn't even have any type of resemblance to what the Torah taught. And the vast majority of the folks who basically, quote-unquote, follow the Talmud don't follow the Torah whatsoever. Remember, the Talmud teaches that Jesus Christ was a demon-possessed sorcerer who died in a vat of sewage, because it was written after Jesus' ascension and resurrection. They also teach that the Virgin Mary was a whore. That's what they teach in the Talmud. Now, you could look it up yourself. It's easy enough to find the verses on that. But here's the thing. Why do we keep, put, why do we keep putting the, the Bible, the, in, the, in the Old Testament, in the Torah, it says that homosexuality is a sin. It doesn't say that in the Talmud. Israel right now is the number one homosexual destination in the world. But this is the problem that I used to have. And I, I used to think that the Old Testament was still being practiced in Israel. It's not. It's the Talmud. Now, there are some sects of Judaism that still use the Torah and basically don't use the Talmud. But we need to understand there's a difference. And that's why, you know, remember, Karl Marx and all of these guys and Lenin and so many of these other guys who were involved in the Russian Revolution paid for by the 
basically, I'm trying to be so careful how I say all this stuff, that was paid for by the Rothschild banking cartel. They had their roots deep, deep, deep into the Zohar and the Kabbalah and Satanism. Always remember that. I'm not going to go any further in this today because I'm take the rest of the show up. Also, what are you thinking? What do you? What's your next story, bud? No, that was that was spot on. I mean, you definitely nailed it. And you, you have to understand how all this stuff goes back to fully understand it. Now, one thing I wanted to go back to, you said a few minutes ago. I've written numerous senators already on the context of what we're seeing now with trying to remove the filibuster. Now, Schumer. You guys, I know, uh, if you've ever listened to the show at all before, you know my disdain for that man, especially how he speaks about conservatives and patriots, specifically after the Capitol riot, protest, whatever you want to term it for, basically said he likened it to Pearl Harbor. It was one of the darkest days in the nation when 50 people walked into the Capitol building, let the police let them through the gates in the front door. Okay, that, that's this guy. Old little Chucky Schumer. This guy is complete and total piece of crap, in my opinion. And I'm saying that very, very sincerely. Now, the reason why they want to get rid of the filibuster is very specific. They now control, these communists now, now control all three branches. We already know that with the House, the Senate, and basically the, the presidential seat, even through theft. But I'm not even going to get into that right now. Now, to clarify, if anybody doesn't understand what a filibuster is. I'm going to clarify this real quick. I know a lot of people hear about it, but what it is, it's a tactic of obstruction that is able to be used in the United States Senate as a last-ditch measure to be for a vote being brought in. So the most common form occurs when one or more senators attempt to delay or block a vote on a bill by extending debate on the measure. The Senate rules permit a senator to speak for as long as they wish on any topic they choose unless three-fifths of the senators Basically, currently, that'd be 60 out of 100, vote to bring the debate to a close by invoking closure under Senate Rule 22. Right. So what this is allowed to do, and this, this is viewed very, 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 very few times. But the reason why it's so important is because now that we have this gigantic boondockle in all three branches, it pretty much allows them to ramrod through any legislation they want. I mean anything. It doesn't matter if it's gun control. It doesn't matter if it's basically full-blown domestic terrorist act like they're trying to do now. It's already introduced to the House. Anything they want. And so the last-ditch measure that any of the true, hardcore, patriot, conservative Republicans have left now in the Senate is a filibuster. Now, if you guys remember, if you looked back in your history from 2013 – one of the most prevalent times this has been done in recent history was the protest of the extraordinary powers granted to the executive branch in the Patriot Act. Senator Rand Paul, in 2013, staged a 13-hour filibuster, absolutely wore himself out during the Senate confirmation hearing for the CIA director, John Brennan, at the time. He demanded a written confirmation that the executive branch would not, under any circumstances, engage in killings of American citizens on U.S. soil by drone strikes. The Attorney General Holder wrote a letter, which Secretary Keeney wrote at the press conference, saying that Obama, the president, has not and would not ever use drone strikes against the American citizens on American soil. Okay, so this is usually when this filibuster is used, when something so absurd, so nightmare, so tyrannical is trying to be pushed through, and there's literally no type of confirmation or no type of clarification on how far they're willing to go with this, 
the Republicans have a right to absolutely get up there. And if you watch them do it, I mean, you basically have to sit up there and rant for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Rand Paul did it for 13 hours. I mean, I remember he was doing an interview a couple days later. I mean, he, he, he was just worn out. I mean, imagine getting up on a podium and doing a monologue for 13 hours. 13 hours straight. I mean, you talk about the just physical wear on your body after that. So this is why Schumer and these clowns up there want to get rid of this. They want to have the ability to ramrod any legislation they put through, no matter how egregious, unconstitutional, unlawful, violent against any and all patriots, they want to be able to push it through. Hence why the House has already pre-filed five horrendous gun bills at the very beginning of the year. Hence why the Domestic Terrorist Act of 2021 was already pre-filed the day before the inauguration. They didn't pre-file this stuff because they're not planning on getting it through. They are very much planning on getting it through, and that's why I've encouraged everybody, make sure you are staying prepped by all means across the board. Whether it means having adequate defensive measures, whatever you choose to do with that, it's your choice. Whether it means having adequate survival gear or food buckets or water filtration or supplements or anything you need, I encourage you to do so. 2021 is going to be an interesting year. It's going to be a year that a large percentage of the Patriot community is going to realize we no longer had a plan working for us, nor was there any 65-dimensional chess being played by a former president. I'm just going to leave it at that. We know this now. So it's time for America to stand up, take the blinders off, pull our head out of the sand and go, okay, we have to start making our voice unbelievably loud. They cannot silence us. This is why social media has gotten so restrictive now. They didn't do it accidentally right now. They've been gearing up for this for years, slowly but surely, because they do not want people to basically show what's going on. For example, as you can clearly see with the buffoon in office, there's a video now that surfaced that Facebook has taken down religiously. Numerous people have still been posting and sharing it. It's Joe Biden blatantly saying, I don't know what I'm signing, on camera as he proceeds to sign an unknown executive order. In the video posted by BitChute now, an unidentified person tells him, sign it anyways. The video shows Biden, without a note of humor, say he has no idea what the executive order is he's signing as he puzzledly looks at it, and they basically gesture him to sign it anyways. Now, if you guys have already seen now, Biden has signed more executive orders at the beginning of a presidency than any president in recorded history, period. Obama, I think, signed three or four. Trump signed like three or four. Bush signed zero. Clinton signed like one or two. Biden has signed 22 executive orders in less than a week. 22 executive orders. If that doesn't give you an indication what's about to happen in the United States, that should basically wake you up there. 22 Literally quadrupling more than any other executive order written at the first week of presidency in U.S. history. Now, what's more likely going to happen, and we already called this last year, is Biden's already, you can see his mental decline has been diminishing for the last year, year and a half. What's probably going to happen now is he's either going to get COVID or have a stroke or have some type of physical breakdown that causes him to hand everything over to the whore Kamala. And you already know how that's going to roll out because she not only is unbelievably a hardcore leftist Marxist, she also is very mentally acute on what she wants to get done. Biden is simply a puppet, as is she, but she truly, in my opinion, wants to fundamentally change the United States into a communist nation. And so that's the reason why I think these executive orders are rolling through so fast before we can't even find out what's getting signed. Everything's just coming through every single day because then 
when everything starts to go sideways and she takes over, she can blame the executive orders on him and say, well, he signed them out of respect to the president. I'm not going to basically crawfish on these. I'm not going to rescind them. We're going to leave them in place. That is why that is happening. So again, as I've said, buckle up and get ready for what's going on. There's a reason why Merck decided they wanted to abandon these vaccines and they didn't want to have any more exposure after Pfizer and Moderna had been having horrific side effects from theirs. There's a reason why we have nurses and physicians and doctors all over the country that are saying, we're not getting this injection. We're not getting this right now. We know it's ahead of us. There's another article I found that was very interesting. It's now come out now after we've seen the federal budget, you know, federal pay to federal employees because it's basically public knowledge. Imagine this. Dr. Anthony Fauci is the highest paid employee in the entire U.S. government. Period. Nobody in the federal government makes more money than Anthony Fauci. He made as of 2019, and they said he got a pay increase for 2020, but it's not been released yet. As of 2019, he made $417,000 just as federal salary in the United States government. Literally almost makes twice as much as a U.S. sitting president. Now, if that doesn't show you that he completely and totally runs the country and dictates policy, as last year should have already shown everybody, look no further to what he did with the Institute of Health and funneling millions of dollars to China and the Wuhan lab to figure out how to get this COVID virus to transfer from animals to humans and then figure out how to get it to stick. This man is a complete and total con artist. He is a communist at the very core, and he is bent on bringing down the United States from within, and he's doing a pretty darn good job of it as far as everybody listening to him like he's their dictator. And again, remember, he's still in place. He never got fired. Wonder why he never got fired. Isn't that interesting? The man's the highest paid federal employee in the entire country, can't get fired, as we saw last year, and continues to dictate national policy. Just thought I would throw you out some information out there like that. And as Dad said earlier, we have a government operating inside of our government. That's very clear now. The deep state was mildly exposed under Trump. He did bring that term to use and did expose them very mildly. Did not get rid of them under any circumstances. But a lot of people realize that we do have a government inside of our government that is one really controlling the the strings, so to speak. Hence why we're never out of Afghanistan. We never will be out of Afghanistan. There's too much heroin and meth production that is able to occur from the Afghanistan production out of the plants of Afghanistan. And we now see why things continue to go as always because the sitting president doesn't do anything. They're simply told what to do, what to sign, and how to handle it because there's still are some mild constraints in the rule of law through the Constitution and the way we have the three different branches. Our founding fathers were brilliant structuring it to this point. It's taken hundreds of years now to collapse the United States on itself, and there's still a little bit of remnant hope left if the American populace stands up and stops submitting to a tyrannical, unlawful, and unconstitutional rules that they have forced upon us via the COVID fake pandemic. That's my opinion on that, Dad. Well, you know what's interesting, Austin, is this dual government that's running the country. You know, we saw Jeffrey Epstein basically, who was a Mossad operative, and just like Maxwell Mossad operative, which means they worked for Israel. Just, there you go. That's about as blunt as I can get. You know, and then we have Israel now with Chucky e. Schumer, dual citizen with Israel, 
and you know, and the other 60 or so senators and congressional people and appointees that are dual Israeli citizens that are also deeply involved in running the United States government. And then I just listed all of the dual Israeli citizens that are probably dual Israeli citizens that have been appointed to all these different positions in the government. You kind of ask yourself a question like, what the heck is going on here? And if that's not about as blatant as you can see, I don't know what else can be. You know, James Trafficking said that the United States was basically, uh, well, this is what he said, Israel's whore. That's what he said. You can look him up and we'll listen to his videos if you'd like. So they pretty much run everything. I mean, he got into a big fight, you know, on TV one time with an interviewer, you know, and said, hey, you know, are you saying this is true? And he goes, yeah, it's true. So look, you can look at it. And it, it was crazy. And you think, and it was with a Fox broadcaster. And the thing about it is, is that, you know, why don't people talk about this? Well, primarily it's because of the ADL. Because if you point out anything here, as far as what's going on, you get basically ridiculed and basically vilified. And also, you've got to realize, too, that, you know, you got the American Israeli Political Action Committee that's got 40,000 employees and volunteers that basically is extremely powerful. And all of these groups shouldn't be allowed to exist if they're going to sway the United States government. Now, here's what the, here's what the Bible says in Mark 7.13. He is no longer permitted to do anything for his father. Here it is, 13. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition, and you have handed that, that you have handed down, he's talking to the Jewish leaders, and you do so in many such matters. Now you think, well, that's that's once in the Bible. Let's talk about it another one too. Uh, let's look at this one, Matthew fifteen one through eight. Did some Pharisees, these were the Jewish leaders that he also called out as being children of the devil, and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, "Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? Why don't they wash their hands before they eat?" Jesus replied, "And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition?" For God said, honor your mother and father, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father and mother is devoted to God, that they are not to honor their father and mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. These are the words of Jesus Christ. Now, you can fight with me all you want, argue with me, and send me more letters and whatever you want to do. I don't care. This is what Jesus said. So we have to understand that they took these traditions and they wrote them down in their Talmud to basically usurp the word of God, which is exactly what Jesus is saying that they're doing here. Again, Tel Aviv, number one, Homosexual, sexual destination in the entire world. So you got to ask yourself, what the heck? That's what I'd ask myself. Oh, by the way, Kellyanne Clown Conway has herself a brat child. And I'm going to change subjects here. I've, I've got to just get something lighter here. She's accused of leaking a topless photo of her teen daughter. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up, this is the former Trump spokesperson, Kellyanne, Con Kellyanne Quine Conway. She basically has a daughter who has got herself all wrapped up in TikTok. And now she's accusing her mother of being physically and mentally and emotionally abusive. I think she's like 16 years old. And Conway reported and posted a nude photo of Claudia to her Twitter, which I don't who knows if she did that or not. I don't care. I hope she didn't do that. But here's the thing. You know, TikTok is destroying an entire 
generation of youth as far as they're getting so much media acceptance and so many followers and friends that they're losing perspective on who they are as a teenager and they think they're famous. Now this girl, because Kellyanne Conway was her daughter, her mother, she's getting tremendous Twitter feeds and millions and millions of views. Here's the thing. Keep your children off of social media. It messes with their head. They are not to the point of concrete, rational thought yet. They don't need to be on Twitter and Instagram. and oh, They don't need to be on any of this stuff. It's too addictive, and it causes a complete breakdown of the nuclear family where these kids go sideways and start relying on their likes and dislikes of the people who are following them. They no longer feel they have to listen to their parents. I can't be any more direct than that. Keep your kids off the social media sites. Really, really important. Guys, it's been an interesting show today. A lot of stuff we cover today we don't really go into this depth with, but I wanted to cover it today because we're in a transition, like Austin said, with all of these anti-gun legislation things that are upon us. All of this stuff that's happening with these over a dozen executive orders in the first week, this is unbelievable. And we knew Biden was going to be bad. We knew it. But guys, who in the world would have thought it was going to be like this? Wow. I love you guys. Remember, Jesus is the answer. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. And I, I can't reiterate any more about making sure young kids aren't on social media. You know, I have a very deep background in psychology and schooling, and I've studied it for years after I got out of school as far as the psychology of children and understanding it a lot. And I've also done a lot of research in the social media impact on children and their psychology and basically their mental abilities and what happens with it. And what you have happen is when you have these kids, especially when they're young teens, tweens, so forth, and they get on these accounts and start building these big accounts and start getting a huge following, and in most cases, they get big followings, like big followings, by doing promiscuous activity and videos. That's just a fact. I mean, you can look at all the social media platforms, the girls that are very promiscuous and they have millions of followers. It's not abnormal to fact. And what happens is it encourages these girls from a very young age to start acting very, very, very slutty. I can't make that any clearer. And so what it does is it's a conditioning response, just like classical conditioning to a dog and ringing a bell. It makes them trigger dopamine. So the sluttier they get and the more promiscuous they act online, the more likes they get, the more comments they get, the more followers they get, the more hits they get, the more publicity they get, the more exposure they get. Young children and their brains, regardless of what occurs as far as in the external environment, were never designed to get that much praise at an immature age. This is why you almost always see the young children's stars, when they blow up, like Macaulay Culkin and all the other kids, they hit these movies, and they start making millions of dollars, and they're teenagers, and they're world-renowned. Almost invariably, every single time, their lives go to crap. And they may still be really wealthy, but their lives go to crap. DUIs, arrest, can't figure out what they're doing, can't be happy with anything because they have no fulfilling of Jesus. They don't know what to do with their lives. This is very, very common. Now we're starting to see the exact same scenario take place with millions of young children in the world. 
they get these huge followings and they really think there's something else because they've got 50,000 followers, 100,000 followers. And they just think, I'm this, I'm that. I can do whatever I want. All these people like me. All these people are my friends. And the problem with it is 99% of the people on social media – you don't even know. You've probably never even met, much less had a conversation face-to-face -face with them. It absolutely ruins their brains from a very early age. And some kids, as we've seen now, have a very hard time getting out of it and understanding how to function properly in society and having real relationships and real conversations and building real long-term lasting relationships and building rapports with people. It's very difficult for them to do. So again, I encourage you, keep your children off that. They don't need an iPad when they're five, six years old. They don't need to be on YouTube and TikTok and Facebook when they're 10, 12 years old. We all survived and we all did fantastic without those social media platforms when they were younger. Thank you again for raising little Americans and thank you for supporting Health Masters. Continue to support your local businesses. Continue to support your local online businesses and continue to promote truth and honesty and respect to the Constitution and the Patriot Agenda. If you guys need anything, healthmasters.com, cortisol buster on sale last day, product of the week, viral immune kit also on sale for the rest of this week. Be sure to check it out, healthmasters.com. You have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Stay prepped, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.